to be in his presence today to feel his warm arms wrap around us his great love for each one of us today hallelujah Jesus let's go to the word of the Lord today I'm excited for this last week we had the Holy Ghost move in this house and how awesome is it to have the Holy Spirit minister directly to our lives hallelujah Jesus so we put this off and we're gonna we're gonna get to it today so let's go to the book of Samuel we're gonna we're gonna start off and we're gonna hear a story about the birth of Samuel this great man of God and in Samuel 1 verses 7 and 8 it says year after year it was the same and Penana would taunt Hannah 
as they went to the tabernacle. And each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkaniah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than ten sons? Today we're going to talk about the value of a child. So let's go to the Lord in prayer today. Lord, anoint my mouth today as I speak to your body, God. Touch their hearts that they'll accept this word, God, and that we will have a great time in your presence today. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. And you may be seated. The value of a child. Elkaniah didn't understand some things in life. And from this statement, we can see here that he doesn't understand the value of a child. Hannah found herself in the tribe of Israel among God's chosen people, married to a man of God, but she still found herself upset because she did not have a child. And her husband is trying to convince her that she doesn't need a child because she has a husband but he doesn't understand the value of a child Hannah understands the value of a child Hannah understands that a, a child is a living soul that God breathed life into and she values this so much in her life that she's miserable when she doesn't have it so let's pick it up in verse 9 and let's keep going in this story once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Sometimes we need to pray for some babies. Anybody pray for their children around here? Does anybody pray for spiritual children that'll come through those doors? We better find ourselves like Hannah, praying for children. And Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. And Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. She made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. As a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. I don't know about everybody in here, but me and my wife went for about five years where we prayed with anguish for babies. Has anybody else prayed for children? And when you longed to have what you desired, and the only place you could go was to your heavenly Father. The only one who had the answers for what we needed was in heaven. And we sent our prayers with anguish and with tears and with cries because we valued children. And as she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. Mm, I hope our prayer life is so intense and so deep that the pastor gets us mistaken for being drunk. 
drunk. I hope we have that problem around here. I hope we're not just patty caking to Jesus. But when it comes time for us to cry out for our babies, it better be from a place where we need Jesus. We don't just want him to come. We need your answer, God. We need to find ourselves with babies. Must you come here drunk, he said. Throw away your wine. Oh, no, sir, she replies. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I'm very discouraged, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Where better should you pour out your heart than to the one who actually cares? Mm. She was pouring out her heart to the Lord because she understood the value of a child. But I'm very discouraged. Don't think I am a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant your request you have asked of him. Lord, we ask you to grant our request for children in this house, for our babies that we care about, that you'll send new souls to this house, that you'll bring back the ones who have been here before, that we'll see the value of our children, that we can change the world by changing one soul. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, good sir, she exclaimed. And then she went back to her seat and began to eat again. And she was no longer sad. That's some faith right there. When you poured your heart out to God and you didn't know where else to turn. And then the man of God comes to you and says, it's going to be okay. That you turn around and you stop being sad and you put your faith in what God's word says and you stand up for the promise that he's given us today. It's God who promises us children. It's God who asks us to be fruitful and multiply. It's his will that we bring children into this house. Let's see how Jesus put it. Jesus put it this way in Luke 15. So the Lord Jesus told them this story. For a man had a hundred sheep, and one of them gets lost. What will he do? Won't he leave the other 99 in the wilderness and go search for the one that was lost until he finds it? Because he knows the value of one child. No one's going lost today. I got 99, but I'm going after the one because every one counts to Jesus. And when he finds it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. He carries it back home to his house, to God's house. We better carry our children to God's house. If I got to carry them on my shoulder, I got to get them to God's house. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
And when he arrives, he will call together his friends and his neighbor, just like we're doing here. We're going to call together our family and we'll say, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. We're rejoicing this morning because there's some lost sheep that came back home. We're going to keep rejoicing because there's more sheep that are still going to come home. Hallelujah. And in the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over the 99 others who are righteous and have never strayed away. You know why? Because God knows the value of a child. Yes, I got 99, but I still need that one. We may have a full church, but there's still people out there hurting that we need to bring to the house of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and she loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? But she still has nine. What's that one? You've got nine. You don't need that extra penny. That ain't going to help you very much. But she understands the value of that one. If I let one slip away and I let another slip away, and I never, then I end up with no coins. But if I spend my life sweeping the house looking for the one, then I'll see my increase. I'll see the Lord's house prosper. I'll see it full of people who need his word. Hallelujah. And when she finds it, she will call her friends and her neighbors and say, Rejoice with me because I found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. Hallelujah. What would happen if each one of us went right now and got one lost sinner and brought them to the house of the Lord? We have, this we have this opportunity every week to reach one, one. And even when we get our hands on that one person, we shouldn't just let them go. We don't just bring them one time, okay, now have a nice life. But we keep a hold of them. We keep pushing them towards Jesus because we understand the value of a child. Hallelujah, Jesus. We better be rejoicing over everyone that comes into this house. We better be rejoicing, even if it's only one visitor. That's one more for him, for our king. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus follows this story up with the story of the prodigal son. And for time, I'm not going to go through it. It's a beautiful story. You should read it. And I've always looked at the story of the prodigal son from the son's point of view. Maybe because that was me who always kept running away and having to find my way back to my loving father's arms. But ever since I've had children, I've looked at this a little bit different. I've looked at it before, like if that's my life, how could my dad welcome me back? Doesn't he know I was laying with the pigs? Doesn't he know that I was in the slop? Why, how, how could he just welcome me back? And then I had children. 
And I don't care if my son's been in the pig pen. I don't care how dirty he is. I don't care where he ends up in his life. He'll always have a place right by my side, right in his father's house, right where he should be. And now I see the value of a child. Now I see it from Jesus' point of view. I see it from the father's point of view that says, I don't want to hear the speech you prepare for me. Go get the robe. Go get the ring. Put shoes on his feet. Let him know he's welcome in my house. You're still my son. I don't care how far you got. I don't care where you ended up. Come back to my house. Come back to my presence. And we see that very clear in the last couple of scripts or verses in this chapter. His father said to him, look... Dear son, you have always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead, and now he's come back to life. He was lost, but now he's found. You've always been in his house. You've always had his blessings. Everything he has is ours, but our brother is dead, and I need to get him to the house of the Lord. I need to find him because everyone counts. Everyone has value to the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's go back to the story in Samuel now. Samuel 1.24. When the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. She took him right back to where it all started. She took him right back to where she first cried out to God. Took the miracle, the promise, back to where it all began. Where God heard my cries on earth. They brought along a three-year-old bull for a sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine. After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. Sir... Do you remember me, Hannah asked. I am the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me a boy. Thomas, you remember where you were standing when you prayed to the Lord for a son? Do you remember where that was? And now he's taking his babies right back to where God heard his cry, where God answered his prayer, where God gave us our children. And he granted my request. Now I'm giving him to the Lord. We better give our babies to the Lord. I don't know, I've stood there in, in, in the doctor's room holding my baby knowing I don't know what to do with them. I don't know how to be a dad. I don't know how I'm going to raise them. How am I going to not mess this beautiful thing up? And then I remembered, I'm going to bring him to the house of the Lord and I'm going to give him to the Lord because the Lord can do things for him I can't do. The Lord can open doors in his life that I can't open. And he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worship the Lord there. Hannah changed an entire nation with one child. 
Samuel went on to do amazing things. He anointed the next couple of kings for Israel. He anointed David, the man after God's own heart, all because of one child. Because Hannah understood the value of a child. Abraham was promised a multitude, and God gave him one child. Hallelujah. And where will we be without that one child? God redeemed the entire world with one son. He understands the value of a child. And we better understand the value of God's child. Don't you tell anybody they can't be saved. Don't you tell anyone they can go to hell. Because he gave his one child so that anyone who believes will be saved. And he understands the value of a child. Romans 14, 7 through 10 says, For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. We live to honor the Lord. If your mom brought you back to this house and gave you back to the Lord, you don't live for yourself no more. You live for the Lord. Everything we do better bring Him glory and honor. Everything we do better lead others to Him. And if we die... It is to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Hallelujah. Whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. It doesn't matter what happens in my life. It doesn't matter what the devil throws my way. Because whether I live or die, I belong to the Lord. Hallelujah. I've been dedicated to him. I've been brought to his temple. I've been left at the feet of the Lord. I belong to Jesus. You belong to Jesus. And he knows your value. He values you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose. To be the Lord both of the living and of the dead so why do you condemn another believer why do you look down on another believer remember we will all stand before the judgment seat of god and he knows the value of his children hallelujah jesus hallelujah jesus I know my kids deserve discipline, but guess what? That's my job. That's not your job. These children belong to the Lord. I'm going to help them. I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to instruct them. I will not condemn them because they're his children. And he values his children. Hallelujah, Jesus. If you know how much you mean to Jesus, let's give him a hand. If you know how much he loves you, lift your voice today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, Lord. You guys can come save me, please. <laughs> One more scripture I want to read and talk about real quick while they come to play. But let's go to Galatians chapter 3. Because now we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna connect this to each and every one of us today. 
We, we're going to pray for our babies. We're going to call other people to the house of the Lord. We're going to lead people to his kingdom because they're valued. But you are valuable to the Lord. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like new clothes. Mike, how's it feel to be baptized? How's it feel to have put on Jesus like a new outfit? If I look at Mike and I still see the old Mike, then I don't realize what the scripture's talking about. I don't see Mike no more because he's put on new clothes. Now I look at him, I see a man of God. I see somebody who's turned to Jesus and given their life to him. Hallelujah, Jesus. We better act like we put on Jesus. We better believe that we belong to the king. There is no longer Jew, Gentile, slave, free, male, female. You're nothing no more. You're dead to the world. And now you live for Jesus. I'm no longer Dan Tackett. I'm no longer some white guy. I'm no longer any of that. I'm a child of the king. I belong to Jesus. I give everything else up. I sacrifice everything else. And now I live for his kingdom. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. That's why unity matters so much. We need to be one in Christ Jesus. We need to be looking for children together as a united army on a quest for the king to reach the lost and bring them home. Hallelujah, Jesus. Armies are not successful when they're scattered all over the place. They draw them together so they can conquer, so they can bring home the conquest. That's what we need to do as a church body. We need to find ourselves drawing together for the value of a child. And now that you belong to Christ... Now that you belong to Christ, you are true children of Abraham. You are his heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. And what did God promise Abraham? A multitude, not just a few, a multitude. We don't want a small church, we want a big church because we serve a big God. We need to bring multitudes to this house because every child matters, every soul matters. Hallelujah, Jesus. I don't know where we stand today. I don't know if you're the one who got lost, that God's trying to tell you that he's standing here with open arms to call you home, or if you're the mother on her knees praying for her babies. But I know for sure there's only one place that we can turn. There's only one who has the answers, and it's the one who values a child. Hallelujah, Jesus. The one who made the whole world and decided to put us right in the middle of it. The one who never stops calling for us. Who's always standing there with open arms. Jesus said, come unto me like a child. 
because he understands the value of a child. Stand with me today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Our world doesn't always value our children. The world doesn't understand the value of a child. But we better understand the value of a child. There's nobody who's not valuable to Jesus. Every one of you guys means something to Jesus. He knows your worth. In a world that doesn't find you worthless, He knows your value. He understands what you could do if you'd let Him light your life on fire. If you let Him turn you loose in Him. If you let Him fill you with His Holy Spirit so that you could change this world just like Samuel did. That's why He sent His Son. That's why the thing he valued more than anything, he sacrificed so each one of us could find ourselves in his presence today. Not being condemned, not being judged for what we've done, being loved by a father who knows our value. We're going to open up this altar today. And I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to show God that we appreciate his love for us. We appreciate the fact that he gave his only son so that we could be clean and stand before him. That he keeps that he keeps our children safe. That he'll send more children to his house today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let us never forget the value of a child. Let us show our appreciation, God, for you always being there, for you always loving us. Come forward. Let's spend some time in the arms of a God who values you, who knows your worth. Hallelujah, Jesus. God.